Feast High. Hello, podcast. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 3, senior year, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I am Tyler. And today we're talking about Minute 24 of High School Musical 3. Minute 24 starts out with Sharpay asking, what do I want? And ends with Sharpay saying that performers cannot fool her. Yeah, it's very interesting how Sharpay kind of takes over this minute in a way that, like, we haven't seen much of her in this movie at all yet. I mean, I guess she did take over, like, a minute and a half of the her introduction of the movie to already. The movie. She, like, walked in and then had the whole scene with Tiara Gold. Basically, since she's been here, we have not not seen her. And then it went back to homeroom, and then we got a little bit more of the, like, the group play stuff. And then now she's taken over this minute again. It's interesting because, you know, Sharpay is talking about what she wants. In the past, we've known what she doesn't want and what she has not planned. Nor what understood. she does not understand. Yeah. But now she's saying what she does want. And that's, and that's a lot more clear. It's like, yeah. it's like when you're writing an essay. It's like you're supposed to say what something is, not what something is not. Yes. And she not only says what she wants, she acts it out. She walks yes. towards center stage. She does a clever turn of phrase where she says, I wouldn't even know where to begin, but I know where it ends. And I think that's kind of indicative of Sharpay as a whole. It's like all, <laughs> all finish line, none of the work being put in. Like, there is no process, only output. It's just demand, demand the final results that you want. And honestly, like that's how some leaders work. It's like, you know what? You're going to give me what I want. It's like the Star Trek thing. It's like, Captain, it'll take four hours. And it's like, I need it done in one. And like, hang up the phone, that sort of thing. Like, Sharpay is that kind of leader. And sometimes, you know, like it or not, that can be effective. Usually it's not a sustainable leadership Mm -hmm. style, but. I mean, Sharpay has proven that she does not yield a sustainable (laughs) leadership style. She had to hire an assistant. Well, even in the last movie, like with the talent show, is like seemed like the backup dancers, like the, the, the Sharpettes, were not very happy with her at the end of the day either. No, uh, she she's like it ends in center stage, and then she realizes she's not she's quite not at center, center stage, stage of the stage she's on. So she takes a step to the right, and we get some classic like Disney music cue where the music pauses and then resumes when she gets where she's trying to go. Yeah, and she wants a single spotlight. And the marquee says... And then the, the, the movie cuts. And we don't get Sharpay's big moment. We There's cut no away. song. Yeah, and this is, the, this is the delivery on the... Nope, this scene wasn't going anywhere. We're not going to explore our characters' I wants and desires through song. love this choice. We're just going to Ryan Johnson cut away to something else and subvert your expectations. I love it. I love the cut. I thought it was so funny a couple of weeks ago when you were like, oh, they're going to break out into their big song here. And I'm like, ah. I like the fact that even even if I'm wrong, like it still makes for like good podcasting. It's good radio for me to be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I I think not putting a song here is really clever because we've already done songs and we were saying we're like, OK, we got to got to have some plot happening here. But this is a place to do plot and a song. It's like, and Ryan, you'll do the dancing, and Kelsey will write the songs, and Gabriella, you will lead us all along. Like, 
Like, See, that there's, doesn't there's... feel like third high school musical material. But, and we've talked about this, like the type, of, there's like the two types of musical songs. The one that is just a pause that leans into an emotional moment. And the other one that is like, let's advance the story. These movies aren't good at doing plot songs. We've also talked about that too. Yeah. Th- yeah. This, this, these movies have like, I think maybe one plot song stick to the status quo. Maybe like. That feels like an emotional moment. No, because well, like up until Sharpay enters and then it's like, oh, this is like continuing the song into the next part. Like it's a little forced, but in a fun way. Yeah. But no, I I wanted a song like especially because like I, like I said before, like we haven't had like an ensemble number yet. No. Either like. Other than. What's the, opening? the song at the beginning, which yeah. was Now or Never. Now or Never. Okay, I was right then. And then Troy and Gabriella's song in the right treehouse. Right that's right it, now. right? Like, Now or Never, like, has sort of a couple beats to it. But it does, I mean, for the big one, like, this is the movie where we're going to put in all the songs. Like, I don't know, were they trying, like, I, I understand the laugh that they were going for, like, Sharpay, I want my name in lights, and then and then cut to a marquee, which... No school lunches has has a marquee that says the daily lunch like that. Like, but it could be a special lunch, like a special celebratory lunch. Like we're doing fancy lunch. <laughs> we're today. doing sandwiches. Oh, corned beef on rye, potato salad, pickles, and a big apple parfait. That's a fancy lunch. Now, is it a parfait with a big apple in it, or is it just a pun on New York City? I think it's a pun on New York City because we see Ryan get one and it just looks like Jello. It doesn't even look like a parfait because parfait well, it's has Jell-O layers. With whipped cream on top, so there's two layers. Like, is two layers enough to qualify a parfait? How many layers make a parfait? I feel like it's more than two. I feel like it's like the it's like a mousse, a Jello, and whipped cream. Like, is like minimum. Or yogurt. Or yogurt. Like, yeah. Two layers does not make a parfait. <laughs> well, thank you for... T- <laughs> a hot dog is not a sandwich and two layers does not make a parfait. So rules Condra. <laughs> Clunk. <laughs> that was Condra doing the gavel noise. Yeah. Clunk. <laughs> um, but uh, but it is, it's, it's a good joke, though. Even if it's unrealistic for the high school. This high school has already demonstrated unrealistic things. <laughs> like the boys practicing in their uniforms, having their names on their practice jerseys and pennies the, and stuff. The the joke the joke of Sharpay saying, I'm gonna see my name on a marquee, and then cutting to a marquee that's talking about sandwiches. That's a great joke. I think the like the overall like subversion of movie format where it's like, hey, you thought there was going to be a song there, but nope, they're just going to eat lunch. Like, it's it's not it's not clever enough. It, like, to me, it feels like a letdown, especially because I've, I've, just, I've just been really wanting, like, this movie to wow me. And other than Yort and Tiara Golds being amusing naming conventions. We made up Yort. Yort oh, is not. All right, Tiara Gold is the amusing naming convention. Yort is like an interesting tertiary character to throw into a movie at this stage. This movie hasn't movie hasn't done anything cool. I don't, I don't know. 
We haven't gotten like like High School Musical two had fabulous, and you were like, wow, like yeah, this is a direction for this movie to be going. And High School Musical one at least had like get your head in the game, which was a bop, unique and new at the time. Like yeah, the song rocks. I I think. I think we're very close to what you're searching for. <laughs> what I've been looking for. Exactly. Do, 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 do. It's hard to believe that I couldn't sneeze. See? Next! Let's just do High School Musical 1 again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> well, they, they, did, they did make the show, which is just doing High School Musical 1 again, so. Okay. We could always talk about that if we wanted to. Okay. Everyone asks me, are you going to do the show? I've never seen it still, so. Me neither. (laughs) So we'll both go in blind. (laughs) (laughs) It's got Olivia Rodrigo in it. It does? I didn't know that. (laughs) Isn't that her whole thing? She was the musical of the show? I have no idea. That's like her whole thing, isn't it? Am I... I feel like I'm crazy. No, okay. I I do not know. I know next to nothing about that. Yeah, because it was like her and the guy were like dating and then and then they weren't like that was part of the drama. The same as High School Musical? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Nothing changes. It's a a circle. Yes, it's all a time loop. Get, Get Robert in here. It's all a time loop. So... We pan down from the marquee to Sharpay doing a dramatic turn for looking at nothing. She is looking at a wall I don't... that has a wildcat in the background. Like she her dramatic turn to face camera makes no sense. Cause like she's just standing there. She turns, faces the the crowd walks up to a table, leans over some boys who look up with her in adoration, and then she walks over to Ryan in line for lunch. There is a very funny sign in the background that I just want to mention, and then we can talk about that a little more. Oh, but, yes, there's the sign. Yeah. In life, there are no makeup exams. Choose carefully. Yeah. Like, what is this referencing? Drugs? Like. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting because usually when you're in school, the signs are about stuff that's going on in school. So, like. In life, there are make there are no makeup exams, but study like hard. make sure you study. Like, yeah, not choose carefully. That just feels like a, so a the, weird it's, ending. It's like talking about like what you're gonna do in life. Like when you get to life, make sure you choose a, a career path or make a decision. <laughs> or your lunch. <laughs> not a lunch. <laughs> I think I think the sign is more big picture, and I just pulled up. I just pulled up the the scene. I think she's looking at the marquee and she's like trying to like vision board. Like she's trying to envision the marquee as a but her, it's Broadway not marquee the right angle. She would be looking up like she had, she'd be straining her neck. Well, her it's, it's not based on the, like the, the length of the, of the lens here. Like it can look like she's closer, like, close like it's a forced perspective thing like it looks like mm. she's closer to it but if you were actually standing there looking at it like it might not look so weird okay i still think it's a weird thing when i remember when i was remembering it in my head i rem- i just remembered it panning down from the 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 marquee to ryan getting his lunch from the line i didn't even remember that until you said the sign 
in life there are no makeup exams, choose carefully, which is like a weird, like prescient, like thematically relevant thing to say. It's yeah. almost like the movie's subliminally talking to Troy. Like, I love that. <laughs> it's actually one of like the weird creative things that the movie's done. It's like, let's have a sign that's like underlying the theme here. I love the signs in these movies. They have all been like either comically funny or very well, most weird of them and interesting. Seem like they're actual school signs, and then sometimes we get one like this one. It's like this feels like it was just kind of thrown in there to fill up some wall space. And I love that. And and what schools like some some kids get makeup exams, but like usually in high school you don't get to make up your exams either. Like Jason apparently gets to do. It. <laughs> Take his yeah three times. He's gonna be living in the library. Did you ever have like a like in college or or in high school? I guess did you ever have like a a library residency where you're like you know what I'm just forcing myself to be in the library all night. Otherwise, I will not get this done. No, I didn't use the library like that. I would use it as my oh I have an hour in between classes and I don't want to walk back to my hall. I lived at our front desk in our hall because I was part of Res Life and so like we we didn't use that desk anymore. Like it was a historic artifact of times <laughs> bygone when people had to check into the to the hall and like guests had to be approved and stuff. Um and there were no like badges to get you in. Um so I and former host of the show, Amanda, would just camp there for hours and hours and hours. And everyone would see us and be like, hey, guys, how are you doing kind of thing? And that was my spot more so than the library. I didn't I just never needed things in the library. I think the closest I ever got was like when I worked like I worked in the library for a little bit and I would spend long periods because I'd get there early, do some work beforehand and then go to my job and then uh, leave there. But I I just never I never needed the resources really in the library. I could I did a lot of my work from wherever. So that's interesting. I mean, yeah, most people do like research online now. I as someone who did like more like literary analysis, I found it a little bit easier to like, oh, if I want to look up a, a book about Flaubert, Madame Bovary, like it's easier to just go to the library and like pick up a collection of essays about it as opposed to like trying to research online and find something that's just right. Yeah, history research is just very different. <laughs> <laughs> and and then did your library have like a 24-hour room or was it like open all night? No, it wasn't open all night, but it was open pretty late into the night. I think the latest I ever stayed in there was like 11.30 or midnight. Like I never closed the place. And it was usually... I. I met people there for group projects, and I think that was my late yeah. stay was there. But, I mean, you hit a point in the night where it's doing a group project there, and it's, like, unworkable because people are giving you dirty looks because you're trying to do a group project there <laughs> late at night. Yeah, no, I don't know. You never lived in the library. No, no, I just live in a library now, basically. <laughs> As an employee. As an employee. <laughs> What were we talking about? Now, let's get back to the movie on Disney Channel. Sharpay sort of arbitrarily walks through the lunchroom back up to Ryan, who's getting his lunch on it. He, like, he has a tray, and he's ordering lunch. 
And he it's goes, w- he's walking through though, and walks by like a bunch of desserts. They're like cookies and stuff on little plates. And yeah, then there's he like gets donuts to the main and cookies, course. and then there's the main course. And like that's weird, but I guess they just were filling up the the plates with stuff, and it truly does not matter. I wonder <laughs> though if it was like oh, depending on which. Like if he's getting the special lunch or if he's getting the pizza, because you, I don't know if you remember True, in high yeah, school where there, there were the like, different lines for the different yeah, foods. Yeah, there's a slightly yeah, the and and no one's in line for the New York Deli special because why would they be? But Ryan is. Yeah, and he's very polite. He goes, "New York Deli special, please." He's so excited. <laughs> and no pickles. Which he's wrong. There was they, they had like cute like individual whole pickles though. That, yeah, no, it's the mini dills which are the best. I mean, maybe he just doesn't like pickles. He's not That's wrong. wrong. Kind of, people like what they like. No. <laughs> Ryan eat, has to like everything I like. I eat so many pickles. Like, I it was funny. <laughs> I came across an Instagram reel the other day of someone like being embarrassed of taking out their recycling because it was a lot of glass. Like it was a lot of glass. And they're like, their neighbor heard the glass and was like, oh, do you have a party or something? Like all those wine bottles. And she's like, it's like 10 pickle jars. (laughs) And I'm just like, "Mm, I'm very close to that. (laughs) Uh, And then he says, you know, I want that big apple parfait. (laughs) And it's just jello and whipped cream. But it's like, it's, it's a good little scene of like Ryan just being a fun Ryan, Ryan and Lucas Gabriel yeah. acting well. Yeah, Ryan just being delightful and showing that he's a good person everywhere. Like he's polite to the lunch ladies. I'm sure he like probably knows some of their names or whatever and is like, hey, how are you doing today kind of thing. Like I could see that vibe coming off of him. And there's another good line written here. Sharpay says, how could he be thinking about eating at a time like this? And Ryan goes... It's lunchtime. I was going to look this up, but I couldn't remember which Harry Potter it was in. But which Harry Potter is it that your best friend is missing? How could you be eating at a time like this? I do not know. It's a Hermione line. but It's a Hermione line. I feel like it's either four or five, but I'm not sure. It could be two for all I know. Hard to say. Yeah. We don't talk about Harry Potter anymore, though. That line just made me think of it. Yeah. And Sharpay might have said food. She did say food, that, but, which yeah. is why I thought of it. Uh, so and then, and then Tiara, Tiara gets Gold's Sharpay's lunch, lunch, which is like uh, special ordered, like already put out on a tray. Yeah, it's on a tray with like little tablecloth and she's got a red drink, which I'm like, is she drinking Hawaiian punch? A cloche? There's like a little flute of flowers on the, on the yeah. tray too. Like, what is she drinking that's that red? It's not like it's like... It's like it's a, it's is just it, a, a Shirley Hawaiian, Temple. Is it Hawaiian Punch? Like Kool Aid? She drank Kool Aid. She's fancy. Yeah, yeah. Sharpay drank the Kool Aid. And Tiara follows Sharpay and Ryan up the stairs to their normal spot, which is, has a reserved plat like place card on it. Yeah, which, I mean, I'm sure we already talked about this, but Ryan and Sharpay have the balcony. Everything the light touches is yours like she wants to be able to overlook her kingdom yeah from the top area it's the same spot as stick to the status quo and sharpay's still complaining about the like there's no way troy didn't know about juilliard puppy dog troy she says (laughs) and i'm just like man it's just so it's it's so strange i mean part like she's been obsessed with troy for so long and now they're in competition so she hates him yeah 
And she mentions the theater fairy magically submitting his application. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I mean, Sharpay's complaint about Troy just, like, not knowing what, like, it is a little weird, as we've talked about, like, that he doesn't know what Juilliard is, but, like, has been, is under consideration for this scholarship, and she is vindictive, so naturally she's angry, but... Yeah, vindictive and angry tend to be pretty... <laughs> Tyler, morbid Tyler, <laughs> I don't deserve no, this. We're on a podcast. We've been talking for twenty three minutes. We got to string some words together. <laughs> I feel like it's I'm good. writing you, an essay you, for college. You used a polysyllabic word. That's good. <laughs> I don't use vindictive or um. There's like vindicate and vilify. I had those like all mixed up in my head for a long time. See, I learned. <laughs> My true emo self comes out again. I know the foot vindicated means because of dashboard confessional. <laughs> Speaking of which, I finally saw All American Rejects the other day. So I just checked two more emo bands off my list. Now are they are they are they rejects who are all American? Like, are they on, like, the All-American football team where they're, like, they're so good at being rejects that they've been recognized for their, their no. national excellence? No. Or, or kind they... Kind of the opposite they, of that. They're all, they're all American and they are rejects. Yeah. I think it's, it was funny, um, the lead singer, Ritter, who I can never remember his first name, I think it's, like, Ty or something, was, just calls people the, re- like, he, they are the rejects. And their fans are rejects and stuff, so it was just kind of funny just to like just to hear rejects in its own. Did and they like, did they open with a, a like a popular radio song from way back when? Yeah, they p- opened with "Swing Swing," oh, which I don't was off their two thousand seven or two thousand eight album. Um, and then what was what, what was the like end of show encore? Encore was "Move Along" and "Gives You Hell." Okay. And "Dirty Little Secret" was "Plum in the Middle." So something I didn't realize. Before going to the show, did um, they say this song was in "She's the Man"? No, no, they did not. Uh, but I didn't realize they haven't put out an album since 2012, and they basically sold out that venue yeah. that I went to. It was a 5,000 person venue, and they haven't put an out out an album since 2012. There were four bands, and one of the other bands was Newfound Glory, which is also like a good band to go see, kind of thing. But it was just interesting to be like, man. But this has been my summer of 20-year-old bands. Well, Condra, we've been wasting time. Do you want to just talk about our Disney movie of the week? Yes. Oh, I I have a regular Disney movie, not a decom. Yes. Um, So, Condra, I'm going to ask you to predict or anticipate the plot of Walt Disney's Third Man on the Mountain, coming out November 10th, 1959. Okay. Uh, Based on the book Banner in the Sky by James Ramsey Ullman, starring Michael Rennie, James MacArthur, and Janet Monroe. So this seems like a Travel West movie. I feel like I've seen the book Banner in the Sky before. And I, I just want to make one thing abundantly clear. There is no relation to the Orson Welles movie, The Third Man. It's not like it's it's an old noir movie. It's not it's not the third man. 
But this time, he's on a mountain. <laughs> it's not... Third man on the mountain. It's it's a completely different thing. It just happens to have a similar title. Third man on the mountain. Okay. I, I don't know your reference, so for me, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't have thought of it anyways. But for the listeners at home who are smarter than me, definitely getting it. Yeah, the, the film historian listeners who are chiming into this High School Musical podcast. Heck yeah. You live your best life. So, third man on the mountain. I think it's like a... It's either something like really wacky, like a survivors of the Donner Party kind of thing, where they like... Condor, I don't think it's... I'm I'm, I'm going to spoil this for you. It's not the Donner Party. I know it's not. But like it's something where like someone went (laughs) through... It's wacky, like the Donner Party. Tyler... (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's something like where they go through this horrific experience and are then trying to like live out the rest of their lives in a peaceful manner. They went through some horrific thing like. So it's a type of movie where like the dramatic thing has happened beforehand. And they're just trying to settle it. And it's the fallout and resettling. Yeah. Or it is... Like that other one we just did recently, where it was based on the true story of the guy who, quote unquote, discovered the Colorado River or whatever. I don't remember what movie that was, but <laughs> that um, was like the, the 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 Brave 12 or something. Yeah. Yeah. That one. <laughs> or it's something like that, where it's like, oh, this man is the only the third person to ever live. So it's like land untouched and how wonderful for this white guy to be settling or it could be an Appalachia movie. Walt did love his Appalachia stuff. 59, you say? Yeah. I mean, you could think about, yeah, I think thinking about where the mountain is, is a good, like what is the mountain? So that's why I'm thinking either the Rockies or Appalachia. And that's where my brain is right now. And I just want to decide which one I'm going to go with Appalachia because we've done a Western expansion movie recently. So I'm going to say it's not directly. When is it set? If it's in Appalachia, when is it? Yeah, we're going to say it's the 1820s, 30s. It's like that prime Appalachia nostalgia history kind of thing that Walt so does love. Like pre-Davy Crockett. Like the American states have like started expanding Mm -hmm. across that initial mountain range and into... The western part of America. Correct. But it's a lot of it's still quote unquote unexplored. Yeah. And wild and quote unquote like unlivable. So I think it's this family who I think I'm going to still keep the idea of that they're on the like run from something traumatic. Maybe it was like a big family fire or their. The War of 1812. <laughs> I was going to say they're immigrants fleeing from a country and like France they're like, or something. They're like Irish Catholics. Yeah. And um yeah, from the Great Famine. Yeah. And they're um so they choose to travel west more, but they their cart breaks and they can't afford to go on. So they find this little area that seems to be so perfect for them. And it's about like the struggle of the family moving into this isolated area, like establishing themselves, 
feeling isolated from their culture and this new place that they're in, that they're in a relatively isolated area. Maybe they're, like, not too far from a populated area, but, like, they're far enough that it's, like, like maybe they were... <gasps> Could this but have they, been... But a- even if they're near a populated area, they might not be accepted there, so they're kind yeah. of outcasts. Yeah. Kind of sounds like you're pitching the witch, but without the... Without the, the witch stuff. Yeah. I was also thinking to like it could be that the the area they're choosing to live on is like haunted that that it's like the locals consider it to be an unsavory place for some horrific reason, likely a white person's fault to begin with, and then <laughs> um now it's declared haunted or whatever. I like your idea of like a family settler survival movie, like it's almost, I realized I've almost pitched the American girl, Kirsten. Yeah, like, but some, but something like that, where it's like a little bit Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, but more local and more wooded. Yeah. And the, the third man comes from this, like, weird incident that all the people are like, oh, two different people have tried to live on this mountain and they've been unsuccessful. And, and so the family, like, the, the family is represented by, like, the paterfamilias, like, yeah. third man. Yeah. And then... The rest of his family doesn't count. He's yeah, like the no, man his, who lives on the mountain. His wife and they have like a little boy and a little girl and the wife is also pregnant because they're Irish Catholic and Walt's. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they end up, there's some emergency in the nearby area and they assist in the emergency. I'm, uh, it's a fire. Sure, we'll go with a fire. There's a fire and... Yeah, they, the they line f- up with their buckets. <laughs> the family assists. I think they take people in because, like, this house has been, like, a community... Like, they have been farming for themselves and they're fairly self-sufficient and they take in some folks and they're like, wow, we're not too different after all and you are a good person and this mountain isn't cursed after all. And the idea that the movie ends with like acceptance. The well, the, also like the the difference between like the frontier land and the like civilized quote yeah. unquote like town, and the people realizing like oh like like the movie ends on a note of like wow this frontier really is something America yeah. will expand. <laughs> yeah, America will return in. <laughs> so yeah, manifest destiny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's very interesting. I think you definitely came up with like a Little House on the Prairie-esque movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not what it is. Absolutely um, not. This movie is is in Switzerland. Oh. Oh, that makes sense. That's right before the Matterhorn opens. Crap. <laughs> um, and uh, <gasps> it takes place in 1865. So oh. you're actually close-ish on the time period. Um, and they definitely dress, like on the poster, they're definitely dressed in a sort of an old-fashioned way. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of, I mean, it doesn't have the, like, colonialism stuff going on. It's it's more just, like, the pureness of, like, Swiss adventure. <laughs> so the mountain is called the Citadel, and our, our main young man is Rudy, and Rudy's father was... a like a climbing guide who died trying to help people climb the Citadel. And in the last 18 years or whatever, 15 years, no one's really tried to climb the Citadel again because it's, it's so dangerous and so brutal and deadly, even evil perhaps. Wow. 
Um, so hints, hints of superstition you were <laughs> correct about. Rudy eventually meets this like English captain who makes Rudy interested in climbing the mountain and almost sort of slyly tricks him into making like making it seem okay to climb the mountain, but Rudy's family doesn't want him to go. Um, he has to sort of like search within himself. Is this something I want to do? Like, do I like, is it my destiny to conquer the thing that my father never could? Or should I like forgive and forget or, or, or move on? How very James and the giant peach. And there's also this thing where like there might, uh, his father's name was Joseph and his father like might've discovered a secret path up the mountain. Um, and the, the English man is like trying to like encourage Rudy to like, yeah, maybe he did find it and we'll take it. Like, so the English man's like doing a bit much. And so Rudy's uncle's like, no, you can't go with him. And the movie, the movie ends with, with Rudy missing from the town and the townspeople look up and they see, well, the previous day they had seen two people climbing the mountain and it was the English man and some other guy, um, that had been accompanying him the whole time. And then the next day they look up on the mountain and there's a third man and it's <gasps> who's it's, the third man on the mountain? Is it Rudy? Father. It's probably Rudy. <laughs> so, yeah. It is on Disney Plus. I just looked it up. Uh, Wonderful. There's a girlfriend involved that you did not mention at all. Yeah. That's yeah, it. it's the sort of thing where like she helps Rudy like get his climbing gear at the end of mm. the plot description, but it Seems like she's in the movie more than, but she's like not really plot relevant. Yeah, I think is the tricky thing. So it's like she's just kind of there to like have the main character talk to, perhaps, and like have uh, one or two smooches and then call it a romance adventure. Like, yeah, yeah. It just says adventure, uh, coming of age, family action adventure. The classifications. Yeah, I like the the suggestions for after. Are Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, Swiss Family Robinson, Treasure Island, Davy Crockett, and White Fang. Lovely. So. I mean, I'm sure those movies are actually somewhat good. Uh, I don't think yeah, this one is particularly are, yeah. highly regarded. Let's see. Does IMDb give it a ranking? Oh, it's oh, it's seven out of ten on IMDb. Actually, wow. So higher than the High School Musical movies. I don't think it was particularly successful. No. I mean, they didn't throw a big name at it. It's interesting, though, because he did do a Swiss-based mountaineering movie in 1959, which is when New Tomorrowland opened with the inclusion of the monorail and the Matterhorn. So Walt had this, like, thing with Swiss mountains and he like went on this trip with his wife and he's like, that's, and he sent a postcard to his, like one of his Imagineers and he's like, make this at Disneyland for me. And so it's kind of amusing that they, they added this and they, they put out this movie around the same time a Swiss mountain was getting added to his park. The, the reviews I'm reading on Wikipedia are more of the like, the scenery is beautiful. Maybe the director didn't quite know how to do dialogue, but <laughs> it's exciting enough. And it, it might be that there's like like climbing action, action? in it. Ooh. So that was Third Man on the Mountain and Minute 24 of High School Musical 3. Oh, boy. 
Until next time, you can find us on social media. We're at Amateur Nerds on Instagram. And at Wildcat Minute on Tumblr. You can also send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know your favorite mountain. Or failing that, what's your favorite mountain-themed ride at uh, Disney theme park? Indeed. Space. Matterhorn. Thunder. Everest. Splash. Rest in peace. <laughs> A lot of mountains Not at really. Disney. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are. Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden at Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I remain Tyler. We'll see you next time to find out if we just get a whole minute of Ryan Sharpay just eating their lunch and then not really talking much, just chewing and gestation. You can bet on it.